Welcome to our third podcast. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, senior web editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief of iPhone Life magazine. We've got an awesome show for you today. We are going to talk about the iPad Pro and the Apple TV. Uh, if you missed our last podcast, we talked about the iPhone 6S. Sarah and I had a spirited debate. So make sure you check that out if you haven't listened to it yet, because we are going to talk very little about the iPhone 6S, and it's important. Uh, so before we get into the show, I want to tell you a little bit about iPhone Life Insider. It's our latest program. And with iPhone Life Insider, you get a daily video tip every day. We're going to email you a video tip, some fun new thing you can do with your iPhone that you didn't know. You get uh, in-depth video guides, and you get a digital subscription to the magazine, access to all the back issues of the magazine, and you get to ask our editor, which is Sarah Kingsbury. Hello. So uh, make sure you check that out, iphonelife.com insider. Uh, we have a special, an introductory special between now and the end of the month. You get it for $5 a month. That's half off. So make sure you check it out between now and the end of the month. Uh, iOS 9 dropped today. So what are you guys' favorite iOS 9 tips? My favorite thing is the back button. Now, for instance, if you open a web link in your email, once you're done reading whatever is on that Safari page, you, there's a little teeny, teeny thing at the top left-hand corner, and you can tap that and go right back to mail instead of using the annoying app switcher. Yeah, I think that's so cool because so many times I'm trying to do a task that just isn't between two different apps, mm -hmm. and multitasking is just like a little bit too many steps for me. Yeah. How about you, Donna? Well, I think it's cool. You can ask Siri now to show you photos from a specific place or from a specific time. So that's a cool way just to call up your vacation photos quickly. And I think that's a fun new tip. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, my favorite is the new power saving mode. Uh, if you are running low on battery, you can switch your phone to power saving mode. I tend to be okay at home, but when I'm traveling, I use my phone for maps and everything. And I run out of battery really quickly. But because I'm used to using my phone, I, if I, my phone dies, I literally have no idea where I am in the world. So putting it in power saving mode for emergency phone call or, or mapping is a really important thing. I'm excited about that. Cool. Well, that's it for Insider. Let's start the show. Uh, I know we said we weren't going to talk about the iPhone 6S, but Donna wasn't here for our first podcast, so I'm going to let her be the judge and decide who won the last podcast. I think it was pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to agree with David on this one. All right. <laughs> the iPhone 6S <laughs> is worth the upgrade, but there's one caveat to that. Um, I'm planning on getting the new iPhone 6S, and that's mainly because of 3D touch. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's just something that I would feel like I was missing out on. I'm also not a huge photographer, so even though the 12 megapixel camera is pretty cool, I don't know if that's gonna, um, that would be enough for me to pay the extra money. The only thing is I am not up for my up upgrade right now. Um, it's only been a year. So if I didn't have the job I did and I wasn't extremely into tech, I probably wouldn't pay the extra money and wait because I, I get a little more excited for a change in form factor. Um, for me, I was really excited about the bigger screen. So that would be, I would probably wait for the iPhone 7 if um, if it weren't such a draw for, for my job. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I feel like this. They usually have bigger features for the new numbers. Like the seven and the eight are usually bigger than the six S and and the seven S. So that makes sense. But that being said, it does seem like Verizon and the other carriers are switching to a non-contract model for this. So in that case, it seems like make they're making it easier for all of us to upgrade, which is a win. <laughs> Uh, Sarah, I heard a rumor that you might also be upgrading to the 6S. <laughs> well, my daughter's phone is dying, so I will probably hand her hand down my iPhone 6 and yes, get a new iPhone 6S. But not because I am compelled by the Not features. because I won. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, well that's all the iPhone 6S coverage we're going to do. So make sure you go check out our last podcast here about all the cool features and all of our opinions on it. Uh, let's get into the iPad Pro. Um, so we have lots of new features here. Obviously, the biggest feature is that it's bigger. It's a 13-inch screen. Um, what do you guys think in terms of the bigger screen? Is that something that is exciting to you? Well, if, it, if it's something that's meant to be used in a professional setting, then yeah, a big screen is always good. Yeah, to me, it makes a huge difference. Um, I was, like I said, I was excited about the iPhone 6 um, being larger. To me, if I'm going to spend any time watching TV or movies or write or edit anything, I feel like I need at least 13 inches. I think that the bigger screen makes a lot of sense because it's for professionals as opposed to for people who are just consuming content. So when you're on the iPad, normal iPad, you're not trying to do something that's that complicated, but for a pro version of it, the bigger screen makes a lot of sense. Um, and the thing I liked about it is it's everybody seemed to comment that it was lighter than you would expect. Um, yeah, it's, it's significantly lighter than the Microsoft Surface Pro 3 that everyone keeps comparing it to. It's like, what was it, like a quarter of a pound lighter? like 1.56 pounds. Which and... doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's very light to begin with, that's it was like well, 25% lighter, right? Yeah, and if you're carrying it, then it, after a while, things start to feel heavier and heavier. <laughs> it was 25% thinner, if I remember, and I think it was around 1.7 pounds is the Microsoft Surface Pro, and 1.5 right. pounds okay. is uh, the iPad Pro, so it's a little bit less of a difference in terms of weight. But I do think that it's the iPad Pro probably you'd want like a little some kind of briefcase instead of just carrying around in your hand. It kind of gets into that category. Yeah, I think I mean, I think the point I'm trying to make, though, is they didn't make it so big that it's not portable. Like it's still light. It's still easy to hold. It's portable, but it's big enough where you can hopefully do some more professional level work on it. Right. Um, next question. First of all, I hear it does not have 3D touch. No, that's right. It, it's a bit like when the iPhone first got Touch ID and the iPad didn't and everyone was feeling kind of disappointed. It seems to be the same way. And I'm wondering, don't you think it's going to be a little frustrating to have that ease on your new iPhone and then not be able to have that quick action? On your brand new $1,000 iPad? Yeah. yeah. It seems like if this is their marquee product, they should have all the coolest, newest features in it. I know, that really bothered me because it's such an intentional choice. It seems like they really could have added that feature and they're not for some reason. And also everyone's saying that the 3D touch uh, feature is really like being able to right click, which for me with the iPad Pro, 
a big question for me in terms of leaving my laptop behind is not having a mouse. Like, could I live with that? And it, 3D touch would make me feel better about yeah, that. Yeah, it's like yeah. all the, one of the biggest sacrifices from switching to an iPad from a computer is all the little shortcuts from a computer. Uh, and so being able to right click, you could build in a lot of those shortcuts, whereas now you can't. Mm-hmm. I feel like probably what it is though, it's that it's something that you pay per like size. So to get touch, uh, 3D touch on an iPad Pro with such a huge screen probably was going to be really expensive. And they obviously didn't want to make it cost more than $1,000. It would also make it thicker. Yeah, that's true. But marginally thicker, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it hardly added any any extra um, thickness to the iPhone. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they announced that the iPad Pro comes or doesn't does not come with, but you can purchase separately two accessories, the keyboard and the pencil, which is just a fancy word for a stylus. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Were you impressed by their keyboard and pencil? Um, I think the keyboard will be really handy. I think the iPad Pro is so large that it will be really difficult to use without some kind of stand. Mm-hmm. And if you want to work on it, a keyboard that is really functional is key. Um, I'm almost annoyed that it's like an optional thing instead of something that's included because it's really crucial. But I think they're trying to avoid being the ta- like, like the Surface Pro in that they come together. They just still want it to be just a tablet. I feel like they were trying to keep it the base level price down. So they could say, oh, it starts at $799, even though really to get what you want, which is 128 gigabytes, plus the keyboard, plus the pencil, you're looking at what, like 1200 bucks or something, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, to me, the keyboard is essential. Um, and I, I feel like it looks pretty basic, though. The Apple Pencil, to me, looks... It does look like a step above what other styluses have to offer. Mm-hmm. But the the keyboard, I feel like it just looks like the smart cover, which can be a little unwieldy and tricky to use for the iPad. Um, and the keyboard itself, I mean, I haven't had a chance to try it yet. So Yeah, I agree. I think the keyboard sounded like something they had to have. It wasn't, there wasn't anything wrong with it, but there was nothing exciting about it either. It was a keyboard. Mm-hmm. But the pencil seems like something that from what I'm hearing and I haven't had a chance to test it yet does seem to be more exciting than a standard stylus. One thing I am excited about with the keyboard is that it doesn't use Bluetooth. The fact that it has that connector, the um, smart connector. I've used a a few Bluetooth keyboards and there are the rare circumstances where it's not, you're typing and nothing's showing up on your screen, which is really annoying. So Mm -hmm. this probably there'll be less frustrations with that new technology. Yeah, exactly. And I like the fact that it's it's uh, water resistant because where are people going to use it in like the coffee shop? Like, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> let's protect it from ourselves. That, that's a good call. Although, unfortunately, I doubt the iPad Pro is very water resistant. So we got a problem there. No. We spilled water all over brownies yesterday in our office. So we're still a little bit bitter about the water <laughs> incident. Yeah, ruining uh, brownies is no small thing. It's worse than ruining an iPad Pro. Not really, though. No. <laughs> Not even close. Um, the, the pencil, though, what did you guys think? Uh, I, I know I am now taking the anti-pencil stylus position. Were you guys impressed by this, the pencil? for certain use cases where a stylus is called for, it will be really awesome because there's like almost no latency and it can tell what angle you're holding the pencil at and you can do like 
thicker and thinner things depending on how hard you press it but it only works with the iPad Pro. You can't just use it as a regular stylus on another device, and that's annoying if I'm gonna spend $100 on a stylus and I can only use it on one of my devices. Mm -hmm. To me, I, I think the Apple Pencil looks cool, it looks sleek, but I don't think I would ever use it. Um, I'm not an artist. I feel like it's really cool for artists or graphic designers, maybe you know, an architect, but I don't personally see what I would do besides like circle things. I was reading some article about how <laughs> the Microsoft Surface Pro that really all the examples they showed in the commercials was just them circling things with the stylus, which like you could do with your finger. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's funny because I was very anti-stylus um, hearing about it. And, and the reason why, have you guys ever heard the story about how the iPad, kind of, how Steve Jobs got inspired to start the iPad? No, no. They're shaking their heads. That doesn't work very well in the podcast, guys. Sorry. No, I haven't heard that story, David. Will you uh, tell it Well, to us? I'll take a slight tangent. The story goes, and this was from his, uh, the Jobs biography, that Steve Jobs was at a party with Bill Gates and another Microsoft person, and this Microsoft person was bragging about their tablet that they were coming out with, which was, of course, years before the iPad, and he was talking about how the stylus was this new tool that they found or invented and it was gonna revolutionize everything. And Steve Jobs was so annoyed at this guy and so annoyed about the concept of the stylus that he decided that he was gonna create a tablet that did not need a stylus that you could just use with your hands. And so they actually started working on the tablet before the iPhone, even though they released the iPhone first. Um, and that's how the that. multi-touch came about and how the iPhone and the iPad do not usually come with styluses. So it's, I, I guess it, it bothered me in principle because it goes against the fabric of why Apple created a tablet in the first place. Um, that being said, I feel like for the Pro, it makes sense. But don't you think what he was really saying was... Fuck if, Microsoft. If, well, maybe that too. But I think what he really meant was that if you need a stylus to, like, just to function on your device, then obviously the device doesn't work well. But that there are still use cases where probably, you know, anyone would agree that a stylus is awesome. And like Donna said, I'm not an artist, so I probably won't encounter those use cases. You don't draw circles. I like the little, like just tapping the little check marks. Uh, uh, yeah, no, and I agree. And when I saw the demo of it. I kind of warmed up to it. Like you guys are saying, if you are an artist, it looks awesome. And there's plenty of professions beyond just art where you need to draw stuff that it would be valuable for. Also, I think there is a precision to a stylus that's really nice for like video editing even or things like that that you might want to use when you're not otherwise, when you're, which you wouldn't use on an iPad that wasn't made for professionals. Yeah, I've heard it's the, a lot like actually writing more than any other stylus, the experience is much closer to actual writing. And that is one thing too that I think would be great is I do notice, I mean, you guys still bring pen and paper to every meeting. And it, I wonder if you had a stylus and if you had the iPad Pro, whether you would actually just write notes on it. And I'm sure there's apps that will translate those. I think I probably would because then my desk wouldn't be cluttered with like stacks of old papers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it really, if, if it could kind of convince me that I would have the same experience um, as writing, as handwriting, I would use it. Of course, a, a pencil or a pen costs a dollar. 
and an iPad Pro, and the new stylus costs a lot more than that. <laughs> I'd probably want to play with someone else's before I laid out 100 bucks. Yeah. Another absolutely. fun fact about the Apple Pencil is that it charges uh, 30 minutes worth of charge in 15 seconds. So it just seems like they've done some things that will make it more convenient to use Which than another is, stylus. Yeah, it's really nice because if you are in a position where you're dependent on it, say you're an artist and you bring your tablet to a coffee shop to work and your stylus runs out of batteries, that really sucks. So that's really nice. So is the charging port still on the bottom of the iPad? I mean, I guess if you had it sideways, like in a horizontal position, then you could just stick the pencil into the lightning port on the side. But if you're using it in a vertical like portrait mode, then that's going to be a pain. And you'll have to disconnect it from your smart keyboard, right? I'm a little bit confused by the charging in general. I, there is a lightning cable on the bottom and like the keyboard thing on the side, but does the keyboard thing also charge? I don't know. And um, I don't know which. It would be interesting to see where how they... you charge your. I think you plug your pencil into a USB. No, it's a lightning. It's no, I, it's I know it's lightning. Sorry, but you plug it It'd into a like a, a charging cable or something. You would not plug it into your iPad, for example. Yeah, I, I think you can. Oh, okay. So clearly we did our research on this one <laughs> uh, to be followed up on in future podcasts, apparently. Um, the other things about it that are noteworthy, uh, A9X processor, first time we're hearing this, and people, they're saying it's faster than a lot of uh, computers that are in the market today. Is that what you guys heard? Yeah, I heard that it's uh, faster than 80% of portable PCs on the market. That's what Apple said during their announcement, which is pretty amazing. That Yeah, that's really amazing. What constitutes a portable PC? Like, are, are they talking about the little tiny netbooks? Or are they talking about, like, all laptops? My impression was all laptops. That was my impression, too. But Yeah, that's really amazing that they can accomplish that. Uh, and is that... Is that significant to you guys? Was that something that you guys were looking for in a in an iPad Pro? Well, if you're going to use it for work, it's really important. It's it has to be fast and actually be able to handle the tasks that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's move on to kind of the real question, which is, can you use this for work? Is this something that you're going to use as a professional? Uh, I know, just to back up, the price of this, it starts at $799 for 32 gigs. I don't think anybody's going to get a 30, I mean, somebody will, but very few people will get a 32 gigabyte, meaning you have to spend $949 for the 128 gig. So it's expensive. Uh, so that poses a lot of questions of who's going to use it and what are they going to do with it and is it better than the options out there at that price? Um, so let's start with the big picture question. Do you guys think that professionals will use this? Did they put enough tools in there, like the faster processor, to make this something that professionals would want to use? I think definitely for niche uses, like maybe in a medical setting where a doctor or other health professional would walk around carrying a tablet and use it to input patient information. Yeah, for sure. But as far as a more general use, I'm not sure. I think I'd want to wait and see how other people are experiencing it before I lay down my money. I think it definitely is viable. Um, I I think as a writer and editor, it really would be able to do most of what I what I'm looking for. Um, I think it's people who really need specialized uses and also need to have all of the um, connectors that an iPad doesn't have. 
like Ethernet ports, USB, all that, that could be a real pain. But um, just for now that we store so much stuff in the cloud, really, you can really, I could store everything I needed there and I could use the Microsoft Office suite. And I think it would be, I would use it. I, I definitely think that your profession, writing and editing, is one of the professions that's best suited for this because the portability comes in handy a lot if you want to write from somewhere else, if you want to you know, go on assignment somewhere, so to speak. And in terms of computer processing power, word processing is the main thing you need. Um, I, I, I struggle with it, though, for most professions. Uh, and I think the two things that, that I struggle with it, I believe them that the processing power is enough. Um, but number one, the operating system, I think, is still challenging. I think that I know they've added multitasking now, but I'm just multitasking at such a different level on a computer than I am on a tablet or on mm -hmm. a phone. It's like I'm switching between three apps. I'm easily switching back and forth. I'm using shortcuts for things. And I think that I'm nervous that they're going to be able to handle that on an iPad in the same way. It's true. I wonder... I also usually have like at least 20 Safari tabs open because I'm editing different posts and I'm and I'm just like fact checking things and referring to old articles and and I use my mouse all the time. I'm really dependent on it for work and I don't think that a, like a touch screen even with the like easy text selection thing, I just think that's not going to be as quick and efficient and that would quickly get very annoying. Mm -hmm. I think the reason I'm more optimistic about it is I do have a couple of friends who have the Microsoft Surface Pro and watching them use it and your, really liking it. Your friends it. with people who have a Microsoft product, <laughs> Donna? <laughs> yeah. And, and this person's an engineer, so, you oh, know, okay. they really know their stuff. <laughs> but uh, I feel after seeing them using it and saying how much they really liked it, um, it even I feel like the iPad Pro is kind of copying the Microsoft Surface Pro, but I'm okay with that because a lot of people say that they can use it for a laptop. And this guy is using it for a laptop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think some people can do it. Um, I think, though, the problem is it's like for professionals, especially I feel like the professionals they're going after, which are the artists, the graphic designers, the video editors, those are... Two, those are professions that require a lot of computer power and I know the iPad Pro is better but it's still not the same as say a Mac Pro uh, and it, they require a lot of precision a lot of shortcuts there's a lot of tools in Adobe that you're using hotkeys and things like that and I'm just I can't imagine say our graphic designer here laying out the magazine on an iPad that just seems crazy to me yeah I feel like what the iPad Pro really is is it's the first step. Yeah. It's obviously as the mobile operating system gets more and more advanced and, you know, the sort of walls between, you know, like your computer that you use at your desk or your laptop that you carry around and your mobile device, it's just like it's coming down. I think basically at some point they will converge and they're not quite there, but you have to start somewhere. And I think that's what this is. Yeah, and I guess I don't see it as necessarily a desktop computer replacement, but that you can, like, most people do some work on their laptops, and a lot of people like to have a laptop, and I think this could do that. Mm -hmm. And you could, you know, our graphic designer, Jamie, he could do some work when he's traveling on an iPad Pro as opposed to, like, nothing on another iPad, or 
you know, he could probably do as much as he could on a laptop, maybe even more with some of the stylus, with the Apple Pencil. I feel like he could do a lot of cool handwriting, things that he couldn't do on a laptop. Well, let's get into that because that's another question. Uh, Apple released the Mac, uh, MacBook recently, not to be confused with the MacBook Pro or the MacBook Air. A little bit confusing, but they released the MacBook, which was also, is it 12 inches or 13 inches? I think it's 12. I think so. Um, sorry, I should have looked that one up too. Uh, I, 12 inch MacBook and it costs roughly the same price. I think it starts at 12.99. 12.99. So in the same ballpark for sure. In terms of comparing the two, which one do you think would be better? Well, the MacBook actually has force touch unlike the iPad Pro. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Also, it has a trackpad that could that replaces the mouse and would solve my biggest issue with mm -hmm. the iPad Pro. The MacBook also has 8 gigabytes of RAM as opposed to early Early reports are saying the iPad, iPad Pro has four gigabytes of RAM. So definitely the MacBook has a little bit more power. It has the traditional operating system you're used to from a computer, including a mouse. Uh, would there be, in what, uh, let me ask you the other way then. Would, what would be a scenario in which you would recommend to somebody don't get the MacBook, instead get the iPad Pro? I think a lot of people, if they think about what they use their laptops for, it's like for surfing the web or consuming media. And if you tend to more toward that as opposed to work, then and just do a little work on your computer, then maybe you should consider the iPad Pro. Or if, like we said, you're in one of those niche professions where having a tablet that you can really carry around and would be so useful, then, then those people, I would say, yeah, consider it. Yeah, I see the iPad Pro as being a little more versatile because you can use it without the keyboard and you can get the Apple Pencil or not. Um, there are some more potential uses, but if none of those uses really excite you, then the MacBook, I mean, it does have more storage and more RAM. Um, so in some ways, it's a better choice. Yeah, I think the, the people to me who I would recommend try the MacBook, sorry, not try the MacBook, try the iPad Pro instead of a MacBook are people who, A, if they travel a lot and that extra portability is really nice for them. I know the MacBook is really portable, but still the I iPad Pro I think is a little more portable. If they travel a lot, also I, if they're working in a field that doesn't require a lot of heavy lifting, like if you're just doing, if you're just writing emails all day, doing light web browsing and that's a lot of people that's their job maybe not they're supposed to be browsing the web but that's what they do with their job no um you know a lot of people don't require a lot of heavy computing a lot of multitasking those people i think would be would do just fine um ironically i you know i spend a lot of my job is just replying to emails doing phone calls and things like that and if the ipad pro were cheaper I would be tempted to take it with me traveling. Right now I bring my MacBook Pro um, and I often bring my iPad as well. So for, for a lot of trips, if I had a Mac, an iPad Pro, I think I could get away with just that. That's interesting. You know, I actually realized I don't use, I don't use a tablet anymore. I use a computer or I use um, my iPhone. And I was actually gonna buy an iPad, I, I don't own one, um, a while ago, a couple years ago, and then I looked at how often I was using my Kindle Fire and it was never. So really? I read, I even watch movies on my iPhone. 
It's, it's funny because I'm the opposite. When I'm at home, my laptop is closed 90% of the time. Like if I'm working from home, I'm working on my iPad I'm, I'm, because I do most, I, I really try to keep my work out of the office. Uh, and so I do most, you know, the thing I'll do at home is check emails, which I can do just fine from an iPad. Really, I'm using my iPad way more than I'm using my computer, which is partly why if I had a little bit more of a hybrid, I'd be happy with it. I think that my main problem with it's the price. It's just not worth it because it's the, co the price of a computer. And so, and a computer just has more versatility to me. Yeah, to me, I really wouldn't want to buy this and also a laptop. Like it kind yeah, of has can't. to be a replacement. Yeah. So Yeah, I'm not sure it's there yet. I mean, I, I feel like I use my computer so at home, my laptop so infrequently that, and maybe it would be nice to actually watch movies on a bigger screen. That I, if I, if it could replace a laptop for me in terms of the occasions when I do need to work remotely, it would be perfect. Another thing I think that could really swing either way in terms of whether or not you should get a Pro or a MacBook is whether or not you prefer uh, iOS instead of uh, OS X. Mm -hmm. Because really, like in some ways, a lot of apps, it's let it's like they're more user friendly, but they give you less options than when you're on your desktop. And so I think that's something that could be a personal choice. Like if there's certain apps that you'd really like to use on the iPad Pro that you could use professionally, that might be compelling to you. It's funny because that's the exact reason why I would prefer a laptop mm -hmm. is when you're working, OS X is just, it's easier to use because it's built for, for that a little bit more. Um, and I think one thing, uh, you know, comparing it to the Microsoft tablet, the Microsoft tablets actually have both operating systems. They have a mobile operating system as well as a desktop operating system. If you had a desktop operating system on the tablet, on the iPad Pro, I would be much more inclined to use it. Like if, if you could use a mouse on it and you could switch between uh, operating systems, I think I, I hate to be this person who that says Microsoft was right and Apple was wrong, but I kind of feel like I'm that person on this one. I never got why people were so against the Microsoft Surface Pro, except for people like to make fun of Microsoft and say that they're lame. They're so easy to make fun of, but I agree. I thought it was one of their better products. It also has a USB port and a micro SD slot, which are really nice things. It is annoying that the iPad doesn't have that, even though it makes it look more sleek. It's funny, I could care less. I can't think of a single time where I was like, gee, I wish I could plug a USB port into my iPad. Well, it'd be nice if you have like an external hard drive, for instance. I know you yeah. can use cloud storage, but it's nice to have that option. Yeah, I very rarely do that on my um, on my laptop, though. Do you guys? It's something I would see video editors wanting. No. That's the main time that I've used an external hard drive is when I was working on video projects and mm -hmm. wanted something just to offload files onto. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, well, let's move on to the Apple TV. Uh, before we do, is there, so it sounds like just to kind of summarize, neither of you guys are gonna buy the iPad Pro. I do need a new laptop and I am thinking about the iPad Pro, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna just get in a new MacBook. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy an iPad Pro right now. I have a MacBook Air, but, um, Probably in a couple years, I would consider it. Uh, and if I did, it would be my laptop replacement. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I like the iPad Pro. I like the direction that it's moving Apple. I think that's a good direction. I think it's not quite there yet in terms of 
for me to take the leap, spend $1,000 and stop using my computer. Um, but in a couple of years, I would be interested. So it's not that I dislike it, but uh, it's, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to, to make that leap yet. So we're all going to just wait and see what happens in the next couple of years, yeah. basically. <laughs> Bunch of early adopters here, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's, let's transition to Apple TV. Uh, before we do, I want to take a minute to tell you guys about our free tip of the day. So let's say you are not excited about the insider for some reason. I don't know why, but if that is the case, you can still sign up for an email tip of the day. It doesn't have the videos. It doesn't have all the cool other parts of the insider, but it's free, which is nice. So it's a nice way to try it out at least. Um, so to do that, go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip. Uh, so Apple TV, um, what are you guys' initial impression? Is it excited, not excited? I think it's really cool. I'm getting one. Okay, yeah, me too. I was sitting there. I, I was sitting there like it was one of the more excited announcements I've sat through. I The whole time I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. I want it. I want it. I know. I was surprised how happy I was considering that they didn't announce a streaming service, which mm -hmm. is what all the rumors we were hoping for. But, you know, on its own, it's still a really awesome new device. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about some of the features here and see, see what we think. Uh, feature number one, obviously one of the biggest features, third-party apps. And we talked about this a little bit ahead of time, but now that you've seen it, seen how it looks, is this something that you think is significant? Yes. I think <laughs> I, it's so weird to me that the Apple TV has been running iOS all along because it just doesn't feel the same. Yeah, but without the apps. Yeah, but now that we, now that we could have so many different apps, which I'm sure really fast developers will be creating, I think that will open up a lot of new possibilities. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I, I, it finally feels like an iOS device. And and I think right now they're just going to focus on like video streaming apps and games. But even that's huge. Like, Well, the nice thing is they don't control what they focus on anymore. That's the whole point is people can release third-party apps in whatever they want, right? Um, I heard that Apple's going to be limiting it, at least at first, oh, to so video. always control their Apple. <laughs> it's Apple. I mean, like, I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. Anyone can release anything. Yeah. It's Apple, David. Um, so at least at first, I think it's supposed to be just video and game-related okay. apps. Okay. What but about I, music? Because one of the apps, I, I was one of my questions was going to be, one of the apps you, are you looking forward to? Spotify. I would really like to have Spotify on the Apple TV. I wonder, yeah, it seems like it would make sense if that was also something that they included because they are going to have Apple Music. Yeah, and Pandora's baked in, or it used to be before Apple Music. And they did have a couple of examples. Guilt was one shopping app that they mm -hmm. showed. Yeah, um, seriously though, shopping on your TV. But to me, I was going to say, I actually was excited. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was excited. Right now I'm buying furniture for a new house I moved into, and um, we... It's nice to be able to see things on a big screen and be able to That's a good consult point. about it. And I liked the idea of having it on the TV and making it more of like a social experience, looking through things. Looking on a small screen is just not as much fun. Um, yeah, I, I had the same reaction with uh, Airbnb. My roommate and I went on a trip recently, booked an Airbnb place, and what I ended up doing was projecting my computer screen onto Apple TV so we could choose which place we wanted to stay at. Uh, so have like times when you're shopping with somebody or you're planning a trip together, 
having it on a big screen seems like it really makes a lot of sense. You guys have actually convinced me. Like, <laughs> now, now I think that's better than I did. You were probably imagining more like the clueless scene where she's picking out her outfit on the big screen. And no. It's <laughs> Although I have to say, I loved that movie. <laughs> Clearly so do I. <laughs> Clearly you have every scene memorized. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember that scene. So obviously you love it more than me. <laughs> uh, any other apps that you guys are particularly looking forward to or you think are a really big deal? Well, Guitar Hero. <laughs> Donna was actually like, yes, I love Guitar Hero. And then ever, I looked around and no one else was making any, have, having any kind of reaction. We were all like, just what? kind of looking at her. I, I, was, her eyes. I was watching it from Las Vegas, Donna, but I had that reaction too. I was like, yes. Yeah, it brought me back to my college years, lots of time playing Guitar Hero with friends. And I feel like that it could be cool if Apple TV was more like Wii and that you can play games with people and it could be more more like social fun, which right now I like my Apple TV, but I really just use it for watching shows and movies. Yeah, it seems like... Sorry, I'm crinkling papers over here. <laughs> I actually have notes of what I'm going to say and I'm crinkling my notes. Go ahead, Sarah, no more crinkling. I just feel like much more like the reason I watch movies, for instance, on my iPhone is because it's a very private experience. Like if I don't want to watch an R-rated movie that my kids can walk by or I don't want my husband to make fun of my like teen movie habit, <laughs> then you know, that's nice. But TV is such a social thing and the addition of games and the ability to shop you know, for things for the house that like more than one person might want to be involved in is great. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, another feature they had, they added was unified search which was a feature i had requested i was excited about uh how, do you do you guys think they pulled it off does it look nice to you i think it's a good start i mean it's limited to a few apps right so but obviously i imagine their plan is to expand it and even limited universal search is awesome mm -hmm. yeah i definitely think that's i mean to me that's a big selling point I really hate going online and trying to figure out who's carrying the show I want to watch and just being able to ask Siri and cut out that whole step is pretty awesome. I don't know why they left Amazon out, though. That's That was the one that, that bothered me. It, I think they just don't get along with Amazon. I don't know what else it is. But yeah, the other ones, it was like pretty much I have Netflix, I have HBO, I sometimes have Hulu depending on what I want to about watching. But they, they covered their bases for me except for Netflix. You mean Amazon? Thanks. They did have Netflix. They did have Netflix. Just <laughs> yeah. to that would clarify. be a really, yeah. a really big deal breaker. Yeah, yeah, but I watch Amazon Prime all the time. Yeah, actually. Exactly. So that would be a, that would one of the things I'm curious about is do you have to go through Apple or like could any third party app be searched through the unified search if you had that app? Well, wait, I guess I, I'm misunderstanding the question. In, in other words, if I went and downloaded the Amazon video app, would it then be integrated into search or will only Apple allow certain things to be integrated into search? I think it just supports those apps and maybe they'll add more over time. But... Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. Yeah, that's yeah. my impression is it's just limited for now to certain apps, but will hopefully expand. Yeah, but overall I thought it was great. Uh, and the other thing they did well in terms of the search capacity, not just searching multiple platforms, but they had a lot of different search options. Show me a comedy, show me, you know, an action movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. And it would, it would, 
show it to you across all of them as well. I thought that was really cool to be able to search that. I'm excited that. about that. My only issue is how well is Siri going to work? Like I said, watching TV is like a social activity. If you've got a lot of background noise and different people talking, that could interfere with using Siri. And yeah, I've definitely had that happen on my Apple Watch where I'll start saying something and Siri will get my conversation plus somebody next to me's conversation and get yeah. really confused. I've had that too. Yeah, you'll probably just have to tell everyone to be quiet. And let... <laughs> <laughs> it's just an extra layer of annoyance though. I feel like yeah. I, if you hold the mic up here, the, oh, sorry, motioning, I'm motioning to people in the room. If you hold the mic up to your mouth, then I think that it would work. I, like, I, I, I would imagine they thought that through, I would hope. Yeah, Hopefully. David just wrote an article about the a new Apple TV, and he brought up the great point that you can ask, like, to see your favorite movies from Arnold Schwarzenegger and not have to use the really annoying remote to, like, find each letter, click it. So with these long names, you can just bypass all of that. And that's my biggest complaint with the Apple TV right now is searching for anything sucks. Yeah. And, and that series' biggest strength is is it lets you skip all of those annoying like menus and steps and just go straight to what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, typing on the Apple TV now, it takes forever because it's not touch typing. You have to arrow, 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 S, arrow, arrow, arrow. And so Siri helps a lot with that, I would think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In general, do you guys think they got it right with Siri? Was there anything that you would have liked to see them do better with Siri? I think it's great. It's exciting the way they have integrated it. Yeah, I like how it just kind of plays into the whole living room conversation of being like, oh, I really like this actor. What was that other movie that he was in? And you can mm -hmm. like ask Siri. Siri will show you and then you can mm -hmm. watch it if you want. It's just, I because think to me it seems like a really cool integration and it's thinking about the way people watch TV. It's a very natural like use case. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they also introduced a new remote. The new remote has, instead of the arrows, it has a touch screen it has a volume oh, a button touch pad touch pad touch screen whatever <laughs> has a volume button it has uh is it a gyroscope mm -hmm. yep uh what do you guys think does that sound cool to you guys i think it's great because you can just have one remote you can control the volume of your tv with your apple tv remote and of course you have to have the motion sensor thing if you're gonna play games on your apple tv mm -hmm. The only thing I'm a little skeptical about is, I mean, I like the idea of having a sleek remote that doesn't have a ton of buttons, but um, in general, a lot of times buttons are, like, I don't like the app currently for the remote where you have to swipe through things, and yeah. it sounds like with a touchpad, you're still going to be doing that with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You, like, swipe past what you wanted, and then you have to go back, and so, I mean, I think, I think this remote is greatly improved, and it lets you game and do all these different things, but... Um, uh, it might still be a little bit of a pain. I agree. I think the remotes, I think it's improved, but remotes are always challenging. The user interface of kind of swiping, swiping is a little challenging. And I've heard that it is does take some getting used to in terms of now the, the touchpad. Mm -hmm. Okay, the touchpad takes some getting used to. I like that it's Bluetooth, so you don't yes. have to actually point at your Apple TV set-top box. I wrote about that in my article. Did you edit that out? No, I kept oh, that okay, in Oh, okay, you kept it in. So what keeps happening to me, I, Adana tends to edit out most of my jokes. <laughs> this one I, I laughed at. I, I know, I was going like, so to be like, I'm funnier than you know. And I was like, no, I'm probably less funny than I know. <laughs> uh, what happens to me is my dog tends to stand between me and the TV. And so I'm constantly like reaching my 
uh, Apple TV remote at weird angles trying to get it to work. So now the uh, the new Apple TV remote is Bluetooth, so it's dog proof unless they <laughs> chew on it and then it's not dog proof. <laughs> that totally sounds like something Reggie, that's the name of his dog, would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he just stares at me like, what? <laughs> David, I'm glad you got your joke in because I did edit it out of the actual article. No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Put you on the spot. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring you in here and ask you about editing my article and make you commit to things on the, on the podcast. <laughs> um, gaming, obviously, is a really big addition. Uh, is that something that you guys think, are you going to game now? I have never been inclined to game, so I don't <laughs> think that like a remote will. But I feel like the Apple TV is really for like everyone who lives in the house, so I can see it getting a lot of use in my house, just mm-hmm. not by me. Well, Guitar Hero is what I'll be using. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think. I mean, the, I think games that I can play with friends socially, I could see myself doing. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's a replacement for some of these console games. Like, serious gamers are still going to want their Xbox. Yeah. I, I, I don't think... I, I think it's silly when people try to compare it to the Xbox, though. Because I, I am a gamer. I have the Xbox One. I have a Wii. And I still looked at that and thought, oh, that looks fun. And it's not like, oh, now I'm not going to use my Xbox because, yeah, it's not serious gaming. But I think they can have fun, simple-to-use games in the same way where I still play iPhone games even though I have an Xbox, you know? Yeah, now you can play them with other people on your TV, which could be really fun. And, of course, they are making third-party controllers. Um, SteelSeries just came out with one that they worked with Apple to create, so it should work really well. Okay, but let's talk about this, because it sounds like Apple has a policy on games where they will only let you release a game if it works with the Apple remote. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's the, it's in right now the guidelines um, for developers, and I know it's pissing off a lot of developers because they think that really restricts what they can do because a lot of controllers you can do more with than the Siri remote, so yeah. the Apple TV remote. I mean, it seems like you could get, if you had like the Xbox style remote, you could have a little bit more serious gaming on it, whereas it's hard to have at all serious gaming on the Apple remote. And if you have to be able to use it, you are really limiting in terms of what games you could have. But on the other hand, if you were to buy a game and then discover that you can't play it because you don't have a special third-party controller, that would be really upsetting. So I understand where Apple's coming from. Um, Todd Bernard, one of our uh, bloggers, was speculating that basically what will happen is you'll be able to play every game on the Apple TV remote, but it may not like work as well and maybe mm-hmm. kind of awkward. And if you really want to play that game like in the most fully functional way, you will have to get a third-party controller. But at least you will be able to play every game, which I think is important. Yeah, what does that mean for Guitar Hero? Because if you don't, I mean, with, without having the guitar, trying to play it with a remote, I feel like that would not be the same experience. Well, they have Guitar Hero for the iPhone. So I think oh, they, it, it probably just isn't as fun. Yeah, not as cool. So you'll have to let us know how it goes, Donna, when you have your first Guitar Hero party. You guys know what to get me for my birthday now. Yeah. The Guitar Hero game, right? Because you're already getting the TV. I want the actual, yeah, the actual <laughs> fake guitar. Hey, Siri, remind me to get Donna a Guitar Hero game for her Apple TV for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've got the reminder set. Thanks in advance. <laughs> um, in general, obviously, they 
redid their UI, they improved a lot of things. Was there anything in particular that stood out to you other than what we talked about that you thought, wow, that's great? I don't, I don't think so. I was really disappointed there was no live streaming. Yeah, live streaming was a big one they didn't have. Um, in terms of what they did have that I liked, uh, I mean, honestly, the ability, and you don't have the Apple TV now, so you don't know the frustration that is trying to rewind and fast forward on it. Uh, but the ability, it looked like they finally were able to get it so you could rewind and fast forward. You don't have to sit there and let it buffer for like two minutes every time you do it. Oh, that sounds maddening. Yeah, it was maddening and now it sounds magical. <laughs> um, yeah, to me, that's live streaming is really the big thing I was hoping for, but we covered what I thought the yeah. big features I'm excited about. And I wasn't really disappointed because I knew it wasn't happening, but... For me, that's a big attraction to getting an Apple TV is is I really want it to completely replace my cable. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really big deal. I think that currently there's a lot of people who will buy the Apple TV as is. The people who are kind of in in the unplugging phase of in terms of not enjoying or needing live TV are perfectly happy to get an Apple TV and use that as their primary. But it's really obnoxious to have to switch back and forth between Apple TV and between cable. And also, there's so many cool things Apple TV could have been able to do if they ha were able to partner and have live streaming TV. You know, it could have taken DVR to the next level. That Imagine being able to search your Apple TV and include live things. I mean, there's so many cool things that could have happened. Yeah, and just to recap for people, really the rumors were saying you'd be able to get around 25 to 30 channels for a monthly subscription fee, um, and it would be a lot of the big channels, and it would include ESPN, so that would be, you know, for all those sports fans out there who are not willing to drop cable, that could be a replacement finally, and that would cost, you know, around $40 a month, 30 to $40 a month, instead of the average consumer spends like $90, I think, right now on cable a month. Yeah, that's least. about what I'm saying. It's yeah. a lot, yeah. Um, in terms of what they did add, in terms of the kind of the small features that I did really like, though, uh, showing who was in a movie, it's like a small thing, but I find myself searching that on my iPhone all the time. I actually just did yeah. this today. I was watching American Beauty, and I was like, oh, what happened to these people? What movies have they been in? And they haven't been in any movies. But <laughs> <laughs> but I, I find myself doing that a lot, and being able to pull it up on your TV seems really cool. I really like, did you guys notice the, what did she say or what did he say? And it goes back 15 seconds and turns on the closed caption for 15 seconds. I love that because sometimes you miss just a really crucial bit of information. And <laughs> Although that sounds... <laughs> that sounds so annoying trying to watch a movie with someone who's always doing that because yeah. like <laughs> I already hate it when people ask questions during movies <laughs> we should never watch movies together <laughs> yeah I snark about them the whole time yeah so I do too. I'm one of those annoying people and David and I are gonna go watch the new Steve Jobs movie together and you can go watch something else <laughs> you can go play Guitar Hero <laughs> yeah and we'll we make really snarky for the comments. 20th time yeah <laughs> um yeah, yeah I, it would definitely be annoying. I was just imagining watching a movie with my parents doing that, and every two seconds, what did she say? I can't understand. <laughs> Hopefully they're not going to listen to this. <laughs> but yeah, I could see it being annoying, but also particularly, I, like sometimes somebody has a weird accent I can't quite understand. It's, it's nice. So it's annoying if other people do it, but it's awesome when you do it. Exactly. <laughs> totally. I, I think that's just true for life. Yeah, it <laughs> is. I feel like the Apple TV could actually lead to some divorces. <laughs> well, have you heard this with Netflix? 
Netflix cheating is like a really big deal. Something like 80% of people, because people watch shows with their significant others, <laughs> like 80%, it was a really high percentage of people will secretly watch the show when their significant other is not there. My <laughs> husband, cheater. Yeah. I watched, oh, my husband watched the entire season of House of Cards, the second season, without me when we were watching that together. And I still have not forgiven him for that. My sister and I used to watch shows together when she lived here, and I would sometimes watch them before we were able to get together and then I would torture her by being like making up things about what happened during oh, the that's show the that worst. True. You're the worst. I'm the worst, I admit it, I'm the worst. My roommate does that. He's every every movie he goes, You're gonna be really surprised when the aliens come. <laughs> I'm like, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> I can totally see him doing that. Uh, so sixty six percent of podcasters in this room are Netflix cheaters, just to throw a statistic <laughs> out there. <laughs> I don't I don't think I've done it. I think that I've been true to uh, the Netflix shows that I've watched with people. Why are you such a wuss? Think of yourself. Put <laughs> yourself first, David. God. Okay, maybe I'll start. <laughs> um, anything else? It sounds like Donna, you're on record saying you're gonna buy it. I'm like, if I could pre-order it, I would. I'm like, just the fast-forward thing. I would pre-order it just for that. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? I think I will probably end up getting it. Um, maybe not right away, but I'm. My cable contract runs out in January, so I'll definitely be reviewing my options. And yeah. I'm Are you going to unplug? I really want to unplug. I, I hate cable. It's so annoying. It's so expensive, too. I it mean, just makes me mad. Like, there's 400 channels, and I watch, like, five of them. It's just pointless. Are there, and I know we've been hearing rumors about this forever, so we don't know, but is there a rumor about when the streaming will come out? Like, are, are, is the rumor now spring, or do we just have no clue? I have no clue. I mean, it keeps getting, I keep hearing, oh, it'll be six months from now. It, and then, no, it's coming, and then, oh, no, actually six months. So, yeah. I seems... wouldn't be surprised if in 2016, at some point, we see it. But. That's what I've heard, yeah. but I, I mean, I also heard 2015, I also heard 2014. I remember, it's funny, I was writing this Apple TV article, and I remember in 2010 when the that Apple TV came out and saying, I really hope they come out with third-party apps. <laughs> so sometimes things take a while in the world of Apple. But, you know, I really feel like TV is going the way news is going. You know, if you look at, like, the new news app or any of the apps that let you sort of personalize what news stories you see and only like sort of read the things that interest you from the publications you like. I feel like TV will be that way too. Instead of that stupid guide on your cable you know, that shows up on your TV screen, mm -hmm. you have to like scroll through it. You'll be able to, with the streaming service, choose like the channels you're actually interested in and search for the shows you're actually interested in and it'll be a much more customized experience. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wrote an article about this. Unfortunately, it was like a year or two ago now and I was already hoping they would come out with this. Um, but really, when you think about how stupid it is that we're broadcasting television out of, into outer space and then beaming it back in with a satellite when we all already have internet in our home, it's really an outdated technology, both in terms of how we're watching TV and in terms of the user interface. Like, it doesn't have a good computing system. It doesn't have a useful UI. So it, it really has to, in my opinion, has to be a matter of time before Apple does do this and do it well. But it just sucks that it's taking the world so long to know that I'm right. <laughs> to catch up with what David wants. I wrote this article two years ago. Apple, why didn't you read it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Great. Well, I think that's all we have for today. Um, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Again, once again, I'm David Averbach. I'm Sarah Kingsbury. And Donna Cleveland. All right. Well, we'll try to, we're going to try to do a weekly podcast. So first of all, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and tune in next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thanks. you.